1: After fading in, we're back to find the right shade of yellow as we make our weekly deep dive into the Paramount Plus limited series. The Offer, episode four, is titled The Right Shade of Yellow and is again directed by Adam Arkin and written as seen on screen, Michael Tolkien, Leslie Grief and Michael Tolkien and Nikki Toscano. I'm not sure what that quite means but uh i don't i don't know i don't know how credits work uh in this case but joining me as ever is the leave the gun to my take the cannoli crazy will Chich. how are you will Just yes I'm I'm, I'm I'm very well do you, do you do you appreciate the uh the the the, the spice i've put on your name the a reference to the...
2: Absolutely lovely stuff, mate. Yeah. And I do feel a bit crazy. Will in this heat, um, <laughs> man on the edge, but I'm fine.
1: Yeah, not. you're you're not threatening to burn down everything that someone's loved and and kill them, are you? You're not. You're not. You're not, you're not threatening that on anyone. Or you're there. You're nearly there.
2: I don't want anything on record.
1: <laughs> I'm pleading the fifth. I'm pleading the fifth, yeah, Petro. Saying nothing. Right, so um, yeah, today we're here obviously again to talk about the offer. But there's a little thing we need to we need to get out of the way before we talk about this, and that you know that is that's some wine. <laughs> so, Will, what have we gone for this week? Obviously, it's a it's a nice themed week. We teased it at the last of. The, the the end of last week's episode. What what were we gone for this week?
0: Well, uh, with the weather
2: being a bit warm, only gone for a little bit of bloody sangria.
1: Lovely stuff. I'm not sure if um listeners can hear that nice little cl- nice little clinking of ice in the glass. Yeah, a little clink
2: of ice, yeah. And I've got a little wedge of orange in my glass. Oh,
1: it's, it's, it's it's lovely stuff. Um, we were talking beforehand about sangria and. Will has summed it up. How, how did you sum up sangria, Will?
2: It's cold mulled wine.
1: <laughs> it's cold wine. <laughs> it's cold wine.
2: Yeah, it's it's lovely. I'm enjoying it. But yeah.
1: So I've, yeah, the, 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 the mulled wine, the sangria I've gone for is a, a peninsula sangria, which is a, a nice 5%. It is a production of Spain um let's serve chilled um and yeah what what have you comes a liter a liter a carton as well i i I like that what 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 about yourself will what sangria have you you picked up
2: well it turns out i've got the same pretty much the same brand as you but i've got the oldie version amazing
1: the the uh Audi, where they have the marketing yeah. department and the legal department sat next to each other in the office, yeah. right? What, what can we get away with?
2: It kind of sums me up. I'm the Aldi version <laughs> of anything,
1: <laughs> which is fine. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Nice. So, I'm very happy to be um, resigned to being like the poor man's anything. Do you know what I mean like? Um, oh,
2: absolutely.
1: It's yeah. It's. It, it, I think it's who I am. Um well you've you've been listening to the godfather book uh, have you made any any more headway obviously last week we spoke about sonny's sonny's member um have, have you got to some some sonny member bits yeah i've
2: got a little bit further and i have um i have touched on sonny's member so yeah uh, is an abnormally large member yeah lucky guy <laughs> but
1: <laughs> not not so lucky partners. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. I but think... yeah. But I haven't got I haven't done much further than that. That was enough for me. But yeah, because of the as I we've talked about off might be uh it's been quite a week with the uh heat and children
3: not wanting to sleep. Yeah, so yeah.
1: I don't blame them. I'm a I'm I'm a thirty one year old <laughs> adult and like I could barely sleep this week. Do you know what I mean? I think it's a Having to, I don't know, put myself in booze-induced comas to kind of like, yeah, get through it. But then waking up in the middle of the night, sipping a glass of water that is like drinking out of a kettle.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Yeah, like we said, this is not Tubby Welshman weather. No, no so no. no.
1: It's not. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not for the tubos. Uh, I, I, it's I, I, not. I I, I, I definitely feel you on that. So. As we get into the episode, Will, uh, can you tell us where we left off on last week's episode?
3: Yes. So we were... Um, love Story was... So, yeah, there was a lot going on last episode.
2: We were... Brando was hinted at.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So Brando was hinted at. We've got the Pacino is a potential... Try still trying to get Pacino. Evans has got um, Love Story in the back burner. So, yeah, there was a lot going on last episode. I'm kind of, yeah. So, yeah, Ruddy was on the edge. Columbo was in. Sinatra was still unhappy.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. yeah was, so that's where we were. It was a Sinatra free episode last week, right? There was yeah. no actual on screen Sinatra, but there's still an unhappy boy. Um, and I can only assume that. Where this episode jumps off, we have another slight time jump, somewhat. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we've said yeah. so far with this series, they've been playing fast and loose with uh, events and when they happen. But yeah, where does this episode open up for us?
2: So we open up at the, um, the premiere. Well, we've had a little news snippet of, um, so we're talking about the premiere of love story so love story is out and we're at the we start off as the premiere is happening
1: and uh, Al and francoise go home uh having yeah. fr- fr- from what we gather not having the best time uh, and oh, didn't the have premiere. a good time <laughs> and um so what do you think of their relationship here because obviously it is very much on the rocks right from what we see
2: yeah, it's on the rocks. We have that, so we we start off straight off the bat with the conversation that they shouldn't have been there. Did they, yeah, they, they they're not happy. Francois's not happy with Ruddy because there's still that tension with their now relationship is with because it. She's producing as well, and um, there's a there's a lot of tension building in their relationship.
1: There is an absolutely brutal line that um Al Ruddy delivers yeah. when uh says about like achieving stuff in their life she says like yeah he says like you've never achieved anything in your life and she's like what what do you call the chateau and his response is a divorce settlement which is one of those biting things you say in an argument where you're like ah i don't think i've ever said anything as harsh but like it's brutal. There is things you say in arguments where you're like, I just want the ground to eat me up. Like I have fucking I've gone beyond the pale here.
2: You do play that by quite well because it's clear he has realized it was a bad move. Because he was straight away he's like, um, let's not talk about it. Too late, mate. You've dropped a you've dropped it there. So
1: what's your what yeah, what what's your thoughts on the character of Francoise? Obviously I think both of us are kind of Talked about our like trepid, like not trepidation, but do, do you know what I mean like kind of mm, the character of Francoise is a bit kind of undercooked somewhat, and that relationship is a bit kind of wishy washy I mean, at times.
2: I still feel the same to be honest after this episode, we'll go into it, but it's almost, I still think it's almost a not so much a subplot, but it's something that it's obviously put in there for a reason because as we know the outcome of their relationship and things. So it it, it is part of it, but for me, it's the weakest thing. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: It's not the thing I want to see. Every time I feel, I sound bad. It sounds bad. But when that stuff is on, I think, Oh, it's quite repetitive. We're having this. It's the same thing. The scenes don't differentiate much. They're just, it's kind of hammered home. They're having a bad time. There's no, yeah, I'm still not, I'm not sold on that stuff, which is a shame because it, it, I can't remember the actress's name was playing Francois, but she's not bad. It's just that I don't yeah. think the character serves her very well at all.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, Nora uh, on Zida. Like, and yeah, I don't think she's, I don't think she's necessarily a bad actress in it. I just think that what she's got to do is just not that great in regards to the fact that. I don't know, it feels like it's adding a secondary or third tension to the proceedings of the making of The Godfather. That it's like, oh, this time could have been spent. Like you're, I don't know, you're you're, you're omitting certain aspects or kind of like protracting certain storylines in order to kind of add this plot line in as well. And it's like, we could have got a bit more. You know what I mean about other things. Yeah, like, to like... it's
2: almost like, yeah, it's almost like not so much an afterthought, but it's like they they've decided they need a personal aspect of Ruddy's. So his personal life is there as well. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 not what I'm there for. And I don't think I don't think it really works either. Because it, the Francois character is quite just yeah, unfortunately, she just is a bit of a downer, in what otherwise is quite a, which, going over the same thing, but quite a breezy fun. Show. That stuff is
3: a bit. It feels like it comes from another show. Oh one, yeah, one hundred percent. One yeah, well yeah yeah definitely,
1: <laughs> definitely what yeah. one, one um, one hundred percent. So the, the the next scene we get is Bob Evans, our our, our boy. Oh, boy Bob Evans, Aww. walking into his like what his his favorite breakfast spot to rapturous rapport, applause, right? Kind yeah, of like yeah, love story is a hit, baby.
2: Yeah, they just it, yeah, he gets a standing ovation in a breakfast place. I mean, that's lovely stuff, and I'd love that. But yeah, yes, yeah, so we get that, and there's people you can hear sporadically people going congratulations on love story it's a hit <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of thing in the background, and he's just doing his thing with his glasses doing the point hey, and then, hey, love hey, you baby hey, yeah, and hey, all that hey, yeah hey, it's great hey,
1: hey, hey thank you so much
4: hey, yeah.
1: Hey, hey. Yeah. um but the reason he's there is to speak to al ruddy and they're speaking about like what is the state of the godfather and they have this discussion in regards to the kind of cliffhanger that episode three left us on in Marlon Brando showing interest to the Godfather.
5: Speaking of the Don, I got good news. Mm-hmm. Marlon Brando was interested. Brando. Yeah. Now I got your attention. Yeah. For all the wrong reasons. Brando's a fucking nightmare. Buck
4: up his poison, just a very difficult human being. Look, do you want my advice? Always. Don't waste your time. There's plenty of other good actors out there. Just move on to someone realistic and use Andrea. She knows what she's doing, man. I
5: know. Uh, One more thing. Don't do Peter Falk. It hurts my head. It's about Pacino. Give him another shot. Francis loves him. No. No Pacino. How many fucking times do I have to tell you? You trust my taste. And stop it. All right? Look.
4: Love Story is poised to be one of the biggest closing movies of all time and The Godfather needs to follow suit. Do you hear me? Do you understand? Do not fuck up my streak. All right?
1: (laughs) And one of the things he says at this meal as well is about how um, he gives him advice on not taking his kind of, again, not taking his personal life and his kind of business life. He's like, uh, it gives him a tip. He's like, uh, producer's tip 101. Don't bring the vibe you brought to another producer's yeah. premiere right and it's kind of I, I don't know what yeah I what do you think of these scenes between Bob and Al like
2: I I, I do enjoy him because it's the Bob Evans thing he, every time he's on screen he's like the the, the the those scenes with Bob Evans and like we said the Puzo couple of things are the opposite of the Ruddy Francois thing where when Ruddy and Francois are doing their thing, it's a bit... But then as soon as Evans... That moment, as soon as Evans walks through that restaurant, you're like, oh, here's the boy. Yeah. They, they, he, he's, he's absolutely smashing it. Like, he's so good. Yeah. And I do enjoy their scenes, because as we go on, I Manic Evans, I think, is my favourite thing, though.
3: Mm.
2: Manic Evans is so good.
1: And from what I know about, like, Events that actually happened with Evans in the like during the making of this film, if we get some of that stuff portrayed on uh, on screen, mm. we are going to see more manic Evans because I am yeah, so on board of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I I will I I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to I don't I don't want okay. to blow the load, but um. Obviously, you mentioned about, like, don't ruin my my streak. And I love like, the thing. Yeah. how zippy this show is. I like the kind of, like, cutting and stuff like that, because it cuts exactly to Betty McCart saying, like, I don't think you can call one movie a streak. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and um, what? yeah, Betty and Al are meeting up with Francis and Puzo. Where, 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 where why? But why, Will? Why, where are they going? Wow,
2: they're only going to see a little guy called Brando, and they, they, again, we we play this stuff is what the show does so well is because we all, like I've said before, I'm waiting for Brando, like I was waiting for Pacino. So they do build it up, and the the first five ten minutes of this, this episode, Brando's Nanke's being bopped in there, and then that's where they're going. And I love the fact that gang are all together to go and see him. Yes, go and see Brando.
1: Yeah, I love. There's a moment when they're talking as well, and um, Brando like turns around and says, "Like I see you," to uh, to, to Betty, like because she's in the shadows. Yeah, I, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, the whole the whole build up to the Brando thing that we've all been waiting for is when the four of them, um, the gang, are stood outside uh-huh. and the so and um, is it? I think it's, yes. Yeah, Puzo says um oh, so this is what the great Marlon Brando's house looks like.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like... <laughs> it looks like a house. I but, didn't expect yeah. it to look like and this.
2: The like. gates slowly open, yeah, yeah. And the gates, yeah, the gates are slowly opening and then they go in.
1: So I guess, I guess like, not to, yeah, not to bury the lead on this, what do you think of Justin Chambers' performance
3: as Marlon Brando? No, I do like it. I do because uh, it, it it's.
2: I think it's more in fitting with the show than I think Pacino's introduction is. Although we said last week, now we've seen Pacino like he was. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's pretty good, but the Brando performance, his being Brando, is exactly how I wanted the Brando introduction to be. Yeah, I- do you know what I mean? It, like I think, obviously, I, I know they wanted to keep like they they wanted to keep these things, but I think if the first thing we had saw, like we said about that Pacino scene being the first thing everyone saw of this show, that single really level, what the f? I think if we had seen this stuff, this Brando scene, I think people would have understood more where we're at with this show. Yeah, it's. F- it, I mean. I don't want to say, it, but it's fucking ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. in the best, in the best possible way, the the brand new it looks is fucking nuts. But I loved it. Well,
1: because like how this scene plays out is not how it happened in real life.
2: Like, well, I mean, it would be insane if it was.
1: Yeah, it's like they were not the people who were there. There are stuff that happens within this scene. So, but but before we get to that, I just wanted to play like so the the listeners. I'm I'm assuming people are watching along, but like. Let's just listen to a bit of Justin Chambers as Marlon Brando.
4: You two two are good actors. Acting is a a social lubricant. People like constantly by not saying what they think or by saying what they don't think, by not saying what they they mean, but saying what they, they think you want to hear.
5: Yes. And the difference with acting is that you're given the words. Well, dialogue changes. Motivation doesn't.
4: What I, what I, what I love about when he
1: first talks to them as well is they, he asks them about his film, uh, have you seen my film Burnout? And kind of Puzo's like, uh, answer it's like, I've never heard of it. Like It's just like, yeah. and, and they're all kind of like, like kind of like really skirting around it. Cause yeah, as, as Bob Evans has said, like at that point, and I think in an early episode, Andrea Eastman brings it up that he's kind of box office poison. Like at, at this time in yeah. his career was like, nobody wanted to touch him with a shitty stick.
2: Well, yeah. Cause it, it, I think is this in the scene before Evans says about him being a, like box office, po- box office poison and,
1: it's just a nightmare to work with. Like he's A
2: nightmare to... to work with, yeah.
1: <laughs> a nightmare and
2: a very difficult human being.
3: <laughs> yeah. I love that. So yeah. But like, they,
2: if you have, like, again, with this, the Brando introduction, that it is bonkers. Because, but like bonkers in the way that I wanted it to be. Like he, he's got it. he's Brando comes down. Brando does look a little bit like Mickey Rourke in this. I but...
1: think I think that's well, where he was at in his life though. Okay. Like, yeah. I, I Like, because there was a time when it wasn't this gang of people, but, um, because I think there would have been a meeting before this, but there was kickback from the studio about Brando. Obviously like the, the events have been changed to kind of fit this narrative and obviously like retract it a bit more to kind of like, keep in the running times or whatever but um francis ford coppola did go with a couple of like assistants to brando's house and record footage of him and like it's really famous that he did like put tissue in his mouth and boot polish in his hair to kind of transform into the don so like that crazy part of this scene is true it's just obviously like the players at their at Yeah, that were there. It wasn't like the first time they ever met him. It was like, like he did. Yeah, it was like kind of later on down the line.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I mean, it is a. I fucking. I thought this scene was great because it again, like I said, it that this scene is encapsulates again what this the vibe of this show. As you've got your gang together, we're all waiting for Brando. Brando comes in and is absolutely as you want Brando to be
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it's, their reaction to Brando is great Because
1: yeah, I, I think I think yeah. Justin Chambers looks like him as well. He's got a kind of like yeah he's got a Brando there's look a, to him.
2: yeah, there's a bit not jumping ahead, but there's a bit later on where he sat side profile and he's it's he looks a lot like him, yeah, so yeah, I think. Yeah, there's um yeah, I mean, yeah, he's again, he's he's he is doing a bit of an impression of Brando, but he has captured that Brando and the way he's in this scene where he's sat and just talking to them and there's there's a kind of an almost glazed, baffled look but mm-hmm. <laughs> he's when he's doing his chat and yeah, I thought it was great.
1: And he just talks like a bit of a madman as well, doesn't he? Like- yeah, absolutely nuts. I, I, I love when he tells them the reason why he'd like, why he wants to do it. I, I fucking love so it. So good. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. Well, is it is He says, he says something about uh, Sinatra, right? Yeah. He says, you want to know the, uh,
2: I'm not doing the Brando voice, I, <laughs> but um, you want to know the real reason I did this? And I think it's Puzo goes, cause you love the part. And he said, no,
6: <laughs> <laughs> he
2: tells us, no, it's not about the money. Uh, He says about, um, he sang um, Luck Be a Lady in um, Guys and Dolls. Guys and Dolls. And And, uh, Sinatra hated it. And Sinatra hates the Godfather. (laughs) (laughs) So he's doing it basically. And he literally says, I'm doing it to piss him off. (laughs) That's brilliant.
1: He's doing a film out of spite. Like, that's a guy I can get behind. Uh, Love it. I can't remember if that is true, if that is the reason why he did it. and um, But, like, one of the things I love about this sequence is the fact that, like, they never show up. They kind of give us, like, glimpses of him, like, getting the tissue out of the tissue box, like, applying the boot polish. And you hear him do the don, but you never see him, like.
2: Yeah, you just have a, a slight, uh, only through, because um, when uh, France, Francis starts filming him, you see that sly out of grainy image of him where you get the idea of it but yeah you don't you don't see him full don he's yeah. just you see him playing it yeah playing the boot collage and things and uh, it's, uh, yeah so re- it is a really good scene i really liked it
1: i love uh, France's reaction as well to, uh, to to brando as they leave his house <laughs>
5: Tissue paper and shoe polish and Brando disappears. (laughs) He's a genius. Francis, you're actually smiling. Let me tell you something. John Ford, he once said that you make one for them and then you make one for yourself. Well, guess what? I just realized the one that I'm making for them could be the best one that I'm making for myself. And I'm not talking about some upgrade to a Warner Brothers gangster flick. Now we got a shot at making the real thing here, people. Francis. Yes?
7: You're going to make a great film.
5: Thank you, Betty. Pacino? and brando in the same frame i'm working on it okay i promise we'll make uh so yeah obviously
1: no matter how good how no matter how high they are francis has got always put in that pacino right he's always like "Well, i need my pacino
2: (laughs) yeah he is i mean fair play i understand but he is obsessed with pacino
1: and I like that. Yeah, after that, like Betty asks, Sal, like, do you think that Pacino is viable for the role?" And he's like, "Not in a million years. Nope. Like, nope, <laughs> nope. Uh, he's not going to go for it." So the we get we get the return of Frankie Sinatra for for one scene here. Um, yeah, what's the, what's this scene about? Will well, Sam.
2: Frank is um, doing a, um, I think it's for, is it Time Magazine? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's doing an interview with Time Magazine, and um, he doesn't want to do a puff piece. He doesn't want to do a puff piece. So he, um, yeah, he's doing an interview, and he uses it to um, talk about Joe Columbo, and the fact that Joe, Joe, jumbo Joe, Jumbalo, Joe Columbo <laughs> is not, Joe below. Uh Joe Columbo is not doing anything for the Italian and American community because he is not stopping The Godfather being made. Fact but. He's just kidding it. So Sinatra's not happy, which is what Sinatra's vibe is most of the time. He's just not happy about stuff.
1: Yeah, fuck this film. Like, he's like,
3: yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. He's like, I don't. And he's, he's like a he's bo- fucking hateful.
3: Yeah, he's, 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 he's like a little pit
1: bull terrier, isn't he? He's like, he's like yeah, he's like, what do you think about Joe Colombo and the and and the the the, 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 Amer- the Italian American League? And he's like, Well well, what do you think about it? Like the the, the interviewer and he's like mm. pretty much puts words in like well I'll tell you what I think about it. Fuck these guys, fuck that. Like it's like a real Yeah, like- they've they have they have purposely
2: made Sonata, like everything he says he just spits. Like he's, he's like an angry little like you say, terrier. He's horrible.
1: Oh, I like him. I think there's certain people in this show where they have just, like, gone hard line, like, this person is a prick. Like, some of them, I think, in Sinatra's case, more justifiable than, like, certain other people. And we'll get to another person who, like, it just kind of, like, in the writer's room, they went, we're just going to make this person look like a fucking schmuck. Uh (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, we go back to your favourite subplot of, of of this show, and that is uh and Francois at couples therapy. Um, what do we glean from this scene? Like, what, what, like, what is the state of their relationship here?
2: and maybe it sounds like we said before that we, I don't know how invested we're supposed to be in their relationship because we haven't seen it any of it really, it just keeps happening. Like it just came out of nowhere and then we didn't have any, because of the way this show like just jumps around in time, that yeah, there's, I, I've got no investment in their relationship. So I don't know if we're supposed to go, oh, they're having a back, you know, it feels, I don't really, it sounds bad, but I don't really care because I've got no, no
3: investment in it at all. So that this, this therapy scene the way they're in couples therapy, kind of like, it's a, again, it's one of these scenes where, we're just, it's put in there to get one thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you know what I mean? The, the outcome is that, he basically tells her he doesn't want to produce with her.
1: Which, it's like a weird, like, it's, uh, it's a weird thing, because that was only like established in maybe like, the last 10 minutes of, the last episode and it's kind of yeah. squashed within the first 15 minutes of this episode. So it's like, it's, 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 yeah. it, it's kind of like a kind of nothing plot line. Do you know what I mean? It's like,
2: I wonder if it's because it's based on, because it's based on, um, Ruddy's story that because it's part of his life, they, they, because like, they felt it has, it needs to be in there. So that, so they kind of like, Let's get it done. So it's there mm-hmm. and it's gone. Yeah. because But yeah. it could be, it, it, we could have, I, I could have done without it.
1: Yeah. And if, you know, if I think like, I don't know. I Yeah. I think I'm like you in like, like I, I'm not sure if I really care the outcome of their couple's therapy. It's like, if I, they, I if don't. They, yeah. I yeah. don't think it helps if Soire is not
2: the most likable character anyway, the way she's written.
1: Yes, as just, we, as we I, said I last think, week, she's just like she just seems like a nag on Al. Yeah,
2: she, do you know what I mean. Like she, she's there as like a
3: just. I, I like
2: again. I assume it's the, it's another tension in Ruddy's life, which I get because he's got it from all sides. But it's just the, not the best written part. Like you say, I, I've got. I get no investment in it. I don't really care if she goes or not or he leaves. It, I'm not bothered, but I, maybe, maybe there's more to it as it goes on because of the tension, but I'm still not on
1: board with it. I hear you on that. I I definitely hear you on that. And I think, it, yeah, I think it is uh, an aspect of, I don't know, trying to include all of this real life stuff, but then like, not giving it enough screen time for the audience to fully care on that plot, yeah. Line, I think specifically, um, so obviously, yeah, I called you crazy, Will Chich, but we get, to, we get to see our boy, Crazy Joe Gallo again, and he is approached by Carmine and Lenny, two of Colombo's goons, uh, with the proposition of a thousand dollars. What is uh, what is what is what is Crazy Joe's reaction to this thousand dollars?
2: It's an insult. He is not keen <laughs> on a thousand dollars. Fact, he wants to put he's gonna put Lou Feringo's head in a box.
6: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's not. It's he's not happy about
1: it. What like? Do you see this guy as a serious threat within the show? Because he looks fucking threatening, right? Like the actor. Yeah, is he's like... a
2: fucking. <laughs> no. I don't know. I. I yeah, he's, I don't know who this. I don't know a lot about this actor, but fuck me, his eyes are crazy. What? I mean, he must. I mean, if that, if that is, he must have a headache because he is a scary guy.
1: Yeah, he's like <laughs> so. Yeah, like if you try and open your eyes that wide, it it fucking hurts. Do you know what I mean? Like no, just, you can't do it. Just to do it like the whole time, and this that I I think that's why he's maybe not on screen that much because like yeah. he's like he doesn't he doesn't blink. yes <laughs> he just stays. Yeah no, I I I think I think that's a great thing, especially like somebody like Lou Rigno. Obviously, he's playing um, what's his name? Let he's playing Lenny, like um, and he's an imposing guy, right? Like, yeah, hey, he's a big, big lad. So like the fact that even he's a bit shook in, in in the fact that like he's threatened them and said like I'll fucking send you back. I like, he your yeah, he heads back in, in boxes. boxes. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite threatening yeah he's he's not taking a shit and he kind of says to them as well like i've got my own family now like i don't need the colombo family yeah, yeah. like fuck you guys like i'm doing what i want to do um and uh that th- then and it's something something i talked about earlier we get a scene uh back at the paramount lot uh where we're introduced to the character of gianni russo uh who goes on to p- people who've watched Godfather actually does go on to play the character of, uh, Carlo Rizzi in the film. Uh, what do you think, uh, the, 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 the creator's impression of Gianni Russo is in this show?
2: Yeah. If, if I don't, I don't know much about him, but if he's not like that, I would be a little bit unhappy because they, Portray him as an absolute fucking like a dick, because he's, he's a. I would he's a knobhead. That's the best. A knobhead. Yeah, he he rocks up and with his show reel and yeah they they really really want him to. As you said, because they refer to him, he's. A, he, they say he's an absolute. They say he's a schmuck, and that is what. Yeah, he's a fucking shambles
1: of a guy turns up with a pastry for betty and he's like i I, I, I got it from this i got it from this deli on the the way from vegas like uh." (laughs) a scone (laughs) (laughs) the the thing is um i i would address it on this podcast like i i've actually talked like i've um i didn't i haven't interviewed him yet but like i've had correspondence with gianni russo I've actually, I've emailed of Gianni Russo and like, um, he's got, yeah, he's got an autobiography that's like pretty fun to listen to called The Hollywood Godfather. Obviously, he's uh, cashed in on the the Godfather name. But like, uh, yeah, he's, he's really portrayed in this show to just be an absolute piece of shit. Like they're kind of like, it's like the creators like went, do you know what? I don't. I don't know if Al Ruddy's got some dirt on Gianni Russo that we don't know about, but like, he's like, "Fuck this guy." Well, not only do they portray him as a piece of shit,
2: they make sure every character that meets him in that scene basically says he's a piece of shit.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, they're not. They're not messing about. And the, and the conversation like leads on to um, them talking about like who they've got for casting. And like Andrew Eastman's like, Oh, have you got this person? Yeah, have you got that person? And then like the scene closes out with Al Roddy going, Oh, that Gianni guy, he might be good for Carlo. And like someone's like, Yeah, but he's a, he, he, he's an asshole. And he's like, uh, Well, it would be Type perfect casting. typecasting. Like it's like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> recover really right. home there, like kind of thing. Yeah. Like, this guy is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the next scene's pretty interesting when we get Joe Columbo and his guys. Uh, obviously, Joe Joe's un- like I love the scene opens and he's like, oh, fucking Sinatra's unhappy about this fucking shit. Like fucking
3: fuck this guy."
2: <laughs> yeah, like again, when this show when they want you to know that someone's a dick, it's again okay, this show is far from subtle or anything, but they, they really want you to know. Sinatra is a dick because every time anyone talks about Sinatra, if Sinatra's on screen, he's being a dick, and if he's not on the screen, someone's going, "Fuck that guy, he's a fucking asshole." Fuck that. So they really want you to know that he's a dick. There's no like, there's no gray area. There's no, no one's pops up and goes, "Oh, he's alright." No, he's a, he's a fucking asshole. So yeah,
1: but I like the kind of setup that, like, it kind of the The start of scenes will be referencing something we've already seen, and then it kind of well. This scene, it obviously like it, it's a nice little through line into them talking about like yeah, Lenny and Carmine coming to like tell Joe Columbo about their running with Jay, uh, Crazy Joe Gallo, and like um, we find out why Joe like had sent him the thousand dollars, right? Because they're like, oh, you said it was an insult, boss, and he's like, wow, well, it's fucking supposed to be an insult.
2: Yeah, it's just an excuse to make it. so crazy Joe, because he's crazy. will do something crazy, and then joking and booking, get an excuse to take him out. So yeah,
1: and again, th- th- this show kind of rattles through with scenes, right? Because that's like again, like maybe like thirty seconds, just like fucking information yeah. dump. Boom! That's that's the kind of. Uh... Yeah, that's the repercussions of the Crazy Joe scene.
3: Yeah, like I think I'm
2: glad I'm watching it week by week and not getting it because you kind of forget how much information. Because when I thought ten episodes, oh, know what? But there's so much in these episodes. Like the scenes are there's not there's no long drawn out scenes. They are fucking rocket. They just rocket through scenes. Yeah. There's yeah. It's and that's then, why we, yeah, go on. Sorry.
1: No, I love that they just use it as an excuse sometimes, like the, the quick scenes, and they'll just pepper in like a reference to somebody as well and just like kind of like, my, go into it. Like,
2: I mean, it, again, subtle as a sledgehammer, but it, it that's my favorite thing about the show. They, I, I did have a list of like what they've done again is that. But at each episode, they'll just re—they'll like, just drop names in. Yeah, we get—we yeah. get it with the next names scene, you, right? We get it with like yeah, names you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, they get like, it with.
2: But anyway,
1: yeah, we get it with Ali McGraw and Bob Evans going to yes. bed, and he gets a phone call, and he's <laughs> like,
5: "Ah, Jackie,
1: it's baby," and like we're like, "Oh, who's the Jackie?" Get speaking to, and they're like, Ali McGraw's like, "Come on, Bob, we're gonna to go to back." He's like, "Ah, it's Jack Nicholson," like, <laughs> yeah, it,
2: again, like. The subtlety of this show is fucking insane because, yeah, he says, hi, Jack, it's Jack, Jack, Jack. And then, like you said, she says, and he goes, come on, it's Nicholson. And then in case you didn't know, couldn't put Jack and Nicholson together, he goes, you're the easy rider. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I get it, it's Jack Nicholson. You're talking. You're the easy rider. You know Jack Nicholson, the easy rider.
1: Would would go on in later Uh, years to play the Joker. Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) I wonder who this guy
1: could be. And I love it. It's Jack. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, and it's just like a kind of a segue for them to like pepper in the fact that like Jack Nicholson. Was a pro, like was floated around yeah. at the time as a potential for, because he's like, yeah, you're Jack Nicholson, baby, you can play anyone. He's like, he's like, he's oh. like, because like, obviously on the other end, he's like, but I'm not Italian. He's like, hey, you're Jack Nicholson, baby, you can play anyone. You're, you could be the easy Irish, rider. Italian. Yeah, yeah, you could be Irish, <laughs> you could be Italian. He's like, uh, Nobody no no nobody could pin you in, baby. He's like, You're the easy rider. Not that I'm pinning you in, that's all. like you, you know, Jack
2: Nicholson, you've been in films such as
1: <laughs> just listing his IMDB. Yeah. I fucking love it. Like Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so kind of um yeah, next up we get Francis strong arming Charlie Blue Dawn in the lift to show him the footage of Marlon Brando, which again I think it's like I don't know. I like the kind of cutting between that and Bob Evans and Ruddy, like going into the screening room, and they're kind of like, "Okay, where's where where where's this going?" And then uh, Bob Evans is shown the footage of Brando, and I pulled this clip because I just. I don't know, every time Matthew Good, he's just got these, I don't know, I just... Fucking so good. I just love him.
4: Who is that? Is that Rod Steiger? It's not Steiger. Look at those eyes. Is that Fernando? Just fucking magic, I love it. I love it! It's the first time I got a clue of what Francis wants to do. I'm sorry, but what does a silent three-minute home movie prove? It proves... That he's still the greatest actor of our time.
7: Brando will bring something no one expects. Because he's a nutcase. The budget will skyrocket.
5: No, guys. He'll play ball. He invited us to his home. let us put him on film. Okay? He wants to do this. I mean, look at the screen. You can't take your eyes off him. Charlie. You're watching. So,
1: with, yeah, with, with, with this scene, like, I just want to know, like, what are your opinions, obviously, towards Barry Lapidus and Jack, who seem to be, like, quickly bonding even stronger of an alliance, right, as kind of uh, being, I don't know, I guess secondary protagonists in this show quite quickly.
3: Yeah.
2: Colin Hanks is playing it well, because, again, he's such a little Rick. <laughs> <laughs> he is. But yeah, it's um, it's a, I re I, again. It's a, these are the scenes I really enjoy because Matthew Good plays it so well. Like his anger on his face at this scene when he see him—it is so good. And yeah, I mean, and then the like you said, the
3: cutting in between. They've, they've. Spanned basically, um, Evans into seeing
2: see in the footage,
6: mm-hmm.
2: and yeah, it's just a it's it's a, because it because again, you know what's what's happening, and but Matthew Good is so angry, i I
1: I I, I love that we get to see uh, Bob Evans do his like like real business side of things in that he kind of then doubles he 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 plays yeah. along with what like. Do you know I mean? He plays along with it, where he's like, and then he, he waits until the call's over to kind of give give Ruddy a dressing down. He's like, "You never fucking go over my head again." Like he's like, "Yeah, you, know, you don't." He's like, "You don't fucking play these games with me." And like he's like, "I just think I just, I just think that that kind of stuff's great." And like yeah, they lay out those conditions right for Brando, where it's like he has to do it for scale. Uh, yeah, like, he yeah. has to put up a bond of a million dollars so he doesn't fuck around, basically, which is, like, uh, <laughs> actually happened in real life. They kind of said to Brando, like, if you delay the shoot by any any amount of time, we'll charge you a million dollars, which is fucking mad, right? <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Um, and then, obviously, yeah, one of the things that... um because yeah i think uh bob evans had said to ruddy earlier he's like you don't need to worry about like you need to what yeah you need to get your um you, you basically need to get the, your michael and your don otherwise yeah. you don't have a go picture and he says well with brando have we got a go picture and he's like i guess you fucking have like okay yeah <laughs> Um,
2: so, yeah, they've got the, yeah, they basically get their gold picture, they're green light there, don't they? Uh,
1: and then, and then, we, well, where do we, yeah, we move. I think to, we have
2: more Rudy Francois.
1: Yeah, because Al's, Al's heading to New York, right? And he's kind of like yeah. elated that the, the film's up on its way. And then obviously she's just kind of still, still unhappy.
2: Yeah. And they, again, he's, she says we don't talk and he says oh, we are talking
3: and she says yeah, if you think this is talking that's the problem so yeah and it's more just more of those two again I don't think it's one of those little scenes that's in there but I I don't think it was that necessary
2: it, it, it didn't further anything hmm. with this too. it's just a little bit of a as we said, it's quite a pacey, it is a really pacey show. Like all this stuff like last week, we had the it was almost like a caper. And there's part of this episode that are almost like a caper where they're trying to do this, trying to do that. And those the the, the Ruddy Francois stuff. It seems like I'm slamming it all the time, but it just brings that it kind of brings the pace down. Yeah. Where one more of this die between offices and die the screening rooms and getting and then you have these bits of nothing really which don't do anything
1: i i I totally agree with you but then like i think one of the strengths of this show is that like once you kind of think that like you kind of have that scene but then they just kind of ramp it up again right and it's kind of in like really fun stuff so like we get the it's just constantly like i don't know piling on like the kind of the mishaps and the kind of things that they, they they think they've got a win then it's like uh maybe not, because we get like the Biaggi talking on the TV being like the Italian community. Obviously, they've got like we know as an audience, they've got the mob on side, but like to Charlie Blue Dawn and Barry Lapides, it's like Yeah. Fucking Italian people aren't happy. We've got like a senator going like fuck this, fuck this film.
2: <laughs> the show is like what it's like one of those one liner comedians, like if you didn't like that, don't worry. There's another one coming, Jimmy. You know yes. mean? Because it, it doesn't give you a chance to go. ah, uh, Because by the time that that Ruddy Francois stuff, if you think, uh, and all of a sudden Evans is back on screen, so you're like, ah, oh, here we are. So it it's that pacey where you're not. It doesn't. I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of it, but it never bothers me watching the show. It's mm-hmm. just because we're talking about Jimmy. You know mean? yeah, 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 we're looking
1: out for an analytical lens, right? Yeah. Like- And I think, I don't know, I I guess one of the longer scenes in this, uh, a scene I I particularly enjoyed, is is this scene with um, Charlie, Ruddy, Jack, and um, Bob Evans on the phone where they're trying to, like, convince... Well, like, Charlie, Charlie, Jack, and Barry are trying to convince Al Ruddy to let Jack be the co-producer on the film. Like, what did you make of that scene? Like, because it's quite tense, right?
2: Yeah, it was quite tense. And they, they do have these scenes, and it's... These scenes where it not slows down, but it, they are tense. And, like, Ruddy stands his ground again, I think, with Evans on the phone. is a thing where, from... The first episode, even that they clash and they have these conversations, Ruddy and Evans. But it's clear that like Evans does have respect for Ruddy because uh-huh. he does stick to his grout. You know, he in this scene he's like, no, he knows his. Despite almost like coming across like he does it, he knows his shit. Because the first thing he says is, "I'm assuming you've uh, spoken illegal." Yeah, and they're like, oh, yeah." So yeah it's a good scene because again it it does show ruddy is a bit all over the place it seems but it's again a way of showing us that he's he's not fucking about it. he wants to make this film and he know he does know his stuff and he's not gonna back down
1: well i i think one of the things like and I know it's a criticism for the show is like i'm not i don't think that Al ruddy was the sole... Or there's like there were other producers who helped him out along the way who have kind of just been jettisoned from this, like, story entirely for this show. Um, I guess, like, Me. Peter Bart, like, gets a bit of screen time in this, in like, and I do think he had a bit more of a prominent role than this show. Do you know what I mean? Like, he kind of, again, like we've, we've mentioned before, like, at times gets to play like an audience surrogate in regards to like he says stuff that like I guess as a producer like he probably would have said like like when he said in the last episode like oh yeah James Carr might not be a bad idea for the film and uh but like I don't know yeah there's a producer called uh yeah Grey Frederickson uh who who did like some decent work on the, like decent work on this he's credited as an associate producer but still was on do you know what I mean like was a producer on the film and like this scene as specifically like al ruddy's like i signed on to be a sole producer and nothing else he's like and then like what is it it's that line that charlie says to him at the end right where he's like oh ruddy let me remind you like uh uh, if uh, if you do things alone, you won't have anyone else to blame when it goes wrong. And he's like, "Well, that's how I fucking like it, Charlie." Like sparks up a cigarette. Jimmy's you know mean? like, "I'm gonna fucking <laughs> sulk over here," <laughs> 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 which is which is Ruddy's mood, right?
2: Oh yeah, and I mean, there is part of this show where you can tell it Ruddy has an influence on it because. I mean, yeah, there's parts I'm going to call bullshit on some of the bits he does. But, like, yeah, there's elements to it where it's clear it's Ruddy's version of events.
1: Yeah, so each episode, I guess we've been, like, diving in, like, even whether we've meant to or not, I've kind of noticed it as a thing. We've been diving into a, a different actor each episode, kind of where we know them from. Like we obviously talked about, like what we thought of Miles Teller's performance in this, but like, what was your opinion of Miles Teller before this show? Like, were you a fan of 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 him and his work?
3: I don't.
1: He's
2: one. Of, I know from Whiplash because I I think Whiplash is brilliant. I think he's yeah. brilliant in it, but that's probably the the thing I know him most for. Although I did see him in um, uh, Fantastic Four, which was. Shite, (laughs) but I don't think that's anything to do with him. I do, I think he is good in this, i I, he's great in Whiplash. This, I'm trying to think what else. I haven't seen um, um, Topka Maverick yet. He is, he's in, he is in, he is in Maverick, and
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he's like, people have said like he's one of the standouts hmm. of it as well. I think like he's another one that, like, I think people seem to have some problems. With, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure as. to. Yeah, long. I don't,
2: I don't know what the scores are because I, I, I don't. He's, he hasn't done a massive amount, has he? Cause I only like, I say, I know him from Whiplash, Fantastic Four, and that's about it, I think. Because I haven't seen. Obviously, his his name's are everywhere at the minute because of Maverick. Mm-hmm. but I don't really know a lot about. But I like him in this.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, okay, we said it before. I can't imagine. <laughs> oh fucking who, yeah who was cast before even being the the having the same vibe do you I mean I just can't see it
1: yeah especially like as we're kind of getting to know Al Roddy and the fact that like he's a bit more grit under his fingernails yeah as a character whereas like yeah if Army Hammer was playing him it's like I just wouldn't I wouldn't buy that for one. nah second. not at all like I mean
2: he has a, if you read if you believe everything you read army hammer has got some grit under his fingernails possibly you know he's obviously got a bit of that but i just can't from oh. everything i've seen army hammer
1: in oh he's got flesh he's under his finger- fingernails do you know what I mean got, well got, yeah he he he's it, got he's got like yeah he's like patrick bateman do you know what i mean it's like that thing of you don't believe that Whereas like um al ruddy looks like the like Uh, Miles Teller looks like the type of person and like his portrayal he could change the oil on a car like
2: yeah exactly Yeah, he's seen a bit he's done a bit he's he's been there on the streets he knows the thing whereas army hammer not so much
1: yeah he looks like somebody would change his oil for him right or like he would change his
2: oil for him
1: he wouldn't even ask he would get the help to, mm. to get someone to do it do you know what I mean it's like he, he, he is a moneyed man so like he's not yeah. he, he, he's not doing any of that shit himself um, so we get this scene between Evans and Brand, and I,
4: I, I pulled a little clip from that we're at the right time with the Godfather we watch it for it we just need to talk about your approach not just creative but as part of a team we need to know what you're going to play nice, Marlon. Play nice? Hmm. What is this? The sandbox? Who are you? What? We're just talking things through here. I don't talk things through. That's what I have an agent for. I know that. But this is in the spirit of how we make it the movie. We we got no problem with your artistry or your chemistry with Francis. We just need to know that you'll accept that we're working on a limited budget, man. That's all. Cagney Sunday. Hmm. That means so much to me. I have a, I have a suggestion for Michael, if I may. Well, I'd love to hear it, Barlow. Who you thinking? Well, he's a he's a great theater actor. Uh, he won an, an award for uh, Tiger in the Bowtie. This kid, you can't take your eyes off of him. Al Pacino.
1: I like that um, Francis has even got Brando to do his bidding for him, him and, him and Al. Uh, well, yeah, like, and I, I guess it's, it's what I like in TV shows, and uh, is um, when you get the different pairings of different characters. Like what, like, what do you think of this chemistry between Matthew Good and Justin Chambers in, in this scene, and like
3: seeing these two characters on screen together? Yeah, and I I, I liked it because Evans is being Evans, Brando is being Brando. It's exactly what I want from.
2: These pair doing their thing,
1: and it's a, it's a, it's almost like a tone. It's, you almost get to see like I don't know, uh, schmoozy like dealing with actor um, Evans, yeah, yeah. which I'm not sure we've really got to see up to this point. Like,
2: no we've seen manic Evans, and there's there's hints of business Evans, but like you say, not the winning people over with his because he's obviously a he's a charming guy. <laughs> so you know he's obviously got charm about him and you know the schmoozy stuff we haven't really seen and i am mean, as, as much as i like schmoozy evans i i don't like him as i don't like as much as manic evans because manic evans is my i think my favorite thing in the world at the minute
1: yeah but, people to go fuck themselves or like do you know what I mean like yeah, I wanna, you, fuck, you, you fucked me
2: out like <laughs> I know. you know that kind of stuff but yeah it's interesting to see it, evans i suppose that uh, strangely although it's
3: Ready story, I think Matthew Good has got the each part because
2: we are we do see elements of Rob Evans, Bob Evans' character. Like you say, there's they are. He gets some belt in scenes, but he's not just manic Evans. He's not just. He gets more to do.
1: Well, if if, if this were a film, it's a, it's like the the perfect uh supporting actor role. Oh yeah. Like if 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 you're in an Oscar Beatty movie and you get like oh Bob Evans. It's almost like um I don't know uh Bradley Cooper in Licorice Pizza. It's like I get to play John Peters. I get to play that fucking real life maniac. I'm gonna chew the scenery. I'm gonna kind of pop in, fuck shit up and dip out for a bit. And that's kind of what Matthew good. That's the same kind of energy he's he's doing here and i i i like yeah I, I i love it i would like i would happily watch as i've said before i'd happily watch uh bob evans show and i would even watch a fucking john Peters show with uh bradley cooper as well like fucking him trying to cut deals with yeah there's a famous story of him speaking to uh, Kevin Smith about Smith, the yeah. script for Superman Lives and stuff like that. And there's, like, so many wild
2: what he needs he a big spider. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. And hit, hit, him putting his fingers up in the air and making a screen, and he's like, read the script to me. I'm envisaging it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kind of, I don't know. Yeah, he feels like he's cut from the same cloth as, like, a Bob Evans.
3: Yeah. And this is... I think we've touched on it before that this. I think we're probably enjoying this show
2: more than the critics have. But if you actually, yeah, with the the scores on like Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic or whatever, is the audience scores are like way higher mm-hmm. than the critic scores, which I think is a shame because like the Bob Evans performance, Matthew Go's performance, is really fucking good. I think if it hadn't have had the kick in his head, for, i do not really sure why,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but I think Matthew Good would be in conversations for Emmys. like the Emmy nominations yeah. have just come out and stuff. I think he would have been in the conversation because he is great in it. And so there's a few performances that are great like Juno Temple. But yeah. for some reason, it just hasn't. Well, I think in a way, it's, like we've said before, it's such a breezy. And then, it, I mean, not all of it's great. There are some clunky on the nose bits, but as Matthew Goode is absolutely the MVP of the show, he's just brilliant.
1: Yeah. Um, I've got, I got a lot of time for it.
7: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend, but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times.
1: how this show rattles on it is like a kind of set up and payoff, like constantly like because the next scene we get is them in the office like saying that they need to nail down brando and like yeah i think like bob evans calls does he like you need to fucking nail down Brando. if you want brando you need to fucking nail him down ow like you want a fucking Brando, you gotta you gotta fucking nail him down and uh (laughs) I think I think I've nailed my Bob Evans impression as well. I think, I think I'm getting <laughs> it's, there. It's no longer it's, it's no warm, longer, mate. it's not so Jackie Stallone anymore. I think I've listened to enough. Nah, That's good, yeah. To to get it, but uh, <laughs> um, again, some good like some good little tension play as well. I I I think this is a fun scene where they're kind of um. What is it? Uh, Al says to Andrew Eastman, "He's like, do you know how to play hardball?" She's like, "I fucking wrote the I wrote the rules, baby." Like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then, well, this is, again, it's one of these scenes that it's like,
2: again, like a cape, like a, almost like a cape, but it's just, there's phone calls go in, there's that tension building. And this is the, the the fun stuff that I'm in for.
1: Mm. Yeah. Because like, yeah, they call up his agent, right, to kind of like be like, we want Brando. Um,
2: yeah. Gold, and, Goldstein, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love... I. I like the thing is you can see things coming like a hundred miles off, but they're like they hang. up They're like, well, if he doesn't want it, we'll get someone else. Hang up. And then I think Andrew Eastman's like, I, 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 I bet you a bottle of Don Perry on that he he'll call back in five seconds. Like the countdown from five. And then like you know that what they're doing, like they yeah, they exactly. they hang it on a few seconds yeah. longer, like for us all to go like clench bum time. But it's like. Again, we all know that Brando's in the fucking film. Like, we're all aware <laughs> that Brando, <laughs> like, e- eventually ends up in the Godfather. So, it's I don't know. It's kind of hollow tension, but it's still fun for the show. Do you think? Do you think
2: though, anyone is watching this who's never seen the Godfather? Going, I wonder if they'll get him.
1: It, I would love, I'd be interested to know if I don't know. There's probably like. Obviously, there are people of younger generations than ourselves Hmm. who definitely have no idea about The Godfather. I think like there's people of a certain age where even if you don't know, even if you've never seen The Godfather, you know that Marlon Brando is in it, right? Like, I think that's a given.
3: I would think so. yeah, Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah,
1: it's an interesting one. I would really be fascinated. I don't know. I think I I, I I, know at least one person who's like, like for sure, who's never seen The Godfather. And I'd be really interested to get her opinion. I, uh, I might, I don't know. Maybe if I say you can come on the, like, we'll get you on the podcast. Can you watch The Offer and tell us your opinion, basically? <laughs> uh- yeah. <laughs> because I,
2: I, I'm not saying any names because she will kill me but I was watching American crime story, the O.J. Simpson trial, uh-huh. the one with Cuba Gooden Jr. with someone. And um, on the third episode, when it came to the the trial,
3: um, they turned on me and said, oh, do you think he did it? Do you think he's going to get away with it? I was like, what? <laughs> what? what do you mean? It's like So I do wonder if, you know, certain bits of pop culture
2: do pass people yeah. by, and so maybe people are and it's kind of like, know, watching it going. I wonder if they'll get Brando? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I imagine there are probably people out there who are. And like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say it right now. If if you are one of those people, I don't. I don't you probably won't be listening to this if you are one of those people. <laughs> well, by. yeah, no. If you know one of those people, let them know that we want to hear from them because yeah, that's a fascinating. Uh, aspect of this show that there are generations of people and i think maybe that's who it might be connecting with is is people who want a bit of light fun people who aren't kind of as bogged down in i guess it's that same thing as well like of uh meeting a piece of pop culture on the level that is presented to you right it's like that thing of i think it's ethan hawke said in like in, in talking about marvel in that like Should you really be like reviewing Marvel films in the same way that you're kind of reviewing like Citizen Kane? Like they're they're different kinds of entertainment, right? And it's like, hundred percent. Yeah, it's like that, and it's that's not to say that like superhero or like comic book movies can't be great and like kind of transcend any genre or whatever. But like at the same time, like I don't know, it's like you look back to like the 60s and it's like kind of swaths of uh westerns and stuff like that it's kind of that was the popular thing at the time right and there was loads of them and it was kind of like i don't know like almost like a serial do you know what I mean of like just hmm. different dif- different stories and stuff like that and it's like it's a genre love- it's a genre unto itself right like
2: yeah, and you have to see like like you said, you have to see things on the level of what they are. Like reviewing this show, for instance, in the same way you'd review I can't think of anything on the top of my head like
1: Sopranos? Like do you know what I mean? It's not Yeah,
2: it's not it's not the same show. Whether people maybe that's why there is that bit of critical backlash that maybe I don't know, maybe it was advertised. I did, we obviously we're having it after the states. Maybe it was advertised as this you know the making of the Godfather and a serious milestone. Miles Teller. Miles I, I don't know, but it's absolutely not a show. But if you take it for what it is,
3: yeah, if you go into it reviewing it as fun, bit of pop culture here and there, it's great.
1: I, I yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. And the the, the show just rattles on because like. Hmm. Again, like we've talked about, a thing that we love in this show is people just like name drops and stuff like that. And we get um Sonny Grasso, who he, again is a real life guy. Um, a little fun fact for you, Sonny Grasso is is it, in the Godfather itself. The gun that is taped to the toilet stall um is his actual gun. Um, hmm. like so, yeah, this guy was a like was a a police detective who kind of became like a consultant on movies and uh when he comes into the office he's a pal of Al Ruddy's and immediately Francis notices him and he's like Oh you're you you're you're you you're are in the French connection. Like he's like, he's like you know Yeah and <laughs> I I, I yeah, yeah, like oh, Billy's an old power man. Like he's like, hey, I love it. I love.
2: Okay, yeah. Again, it is like it is what it is. But like, it it does with these bits. It feeds you all the information you need to go. French Connection. What? Ah, oh, Freakin's film. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't know what Freakin is, it's like you work with Freakin, the maker of French Connection. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> yeah, but. I don't see anything wrong with it. No. It, like we said, it's not, this is not, this show is not built for hardcore cinephiles. It's for people. It's got even a pass in him. Because yeah, i go, when they said free. I was like, oh, I know freakiness. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's a thing for like, yeah, people who are kind of hobbyists yeah. like, or like people who are interested in films to kind of, oh, you're a bit smug. like You feel a bit smug, like a little bit. Like, oh, I know, oh French, I know, I know what they're talking yeah. about. And then like, I don't know, yeah. as somebody who kind of yeah knows these stories that uh, like Grasso was in the French Connection. because I, I think I remember hearing Mark Commode tell a story of like meeting him, like he was like uh, interviewing him about the French Connection and he pulled out like a gun and put it on the table and then told him, oh, this is the gun that was in Godfather, like kind of thing. And it's like, wow, that's, that's pretty fucking cool. Like, uh, that's cool. But then, yeah, like, like scenes like this, yeah, as you said, it's for people who've got that passing interest, which I think is uh, really great. And then, yeah, um, Grasso takes hour out to the corridor, right, and kind of gives him, I don't know, a little bit of a dressing down for what he's been doing. Maybe he shouldn't be in bed with Joe Colombo.
2: Yeah, and we have a little bit of a, a little bit of an exposition dump again, where we, uh, so he says, well not getting into bed with Joe Colombo is a bad idea." You don't know what you're getting into, and you do know Crazy Joe is all back on the scene. That guy's crazy because he's called Crazy Joe, but just to reiterate that Crazy Joe is a bad man that we found out,
1: and obviously the repercussions that it could have in mm-hmm. the film, right? Because it's like. If Joe yeah. Columbo gets whacked by Crazy Joe Gallo, it's like then he could be coming after the movie. It's like you may be in bed with and and what is he said? You could take a straight bullet. That's right. Well. And what what is it gives? He gives him a police badge, right? Like a fucking mobster is going to go. Yeah, I did. Oh, it's a police badge. Like it's like
2: that was a wild choice because that did not get that at all. Like you say, like the police. Yeah, he gives him the police badge. Never know when you're gonna need it. It, it, it. It's weird choice that was. Didn't get it.
1: And he's like, it and might, it, it it might do buy you some bum... time, or it might not. He's like, so it's fuck. Yeah. It, it's a fifty-fifty on this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> keep it. I don't need it. it was...
2: Yeah, yeah. They do have these. There is some weird bum notes occasionally, and that was one of them. when I
3: just
1: went. What the fuck was that
3: about wow <laughs> <laughs> um but
1: yeah, and then waiting in al's office is
3: uh,
1: your favorite character will what 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 is the what is the outcome of, of of this
3: visit and who is he visited by yeah, Francois's back and um shock horror she's not happy
2: and um She's not happy and um, she's leaving. So right? She's, pa- she's going back and she's going to Paris. Yeah.
3: She needs some space Red-
2: to think. She needs some space. Yeah. Ruddy says, uh, okay, that's fine. When will you be back? She ain't coming back.
1: Yeah, which is pretty fine fun. with me.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
1: will she be? Pop,
2: Pop back episode 10. <laughs> in a postscript,
3: yeah, the, and friends went on stink. to live a lovely yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah,
2: so she's off. She's she's off to Paris,
1: and that 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 scene is well, again. It's followed by, I don't know, well, not again, but it's followed by. I think you get you get these scenes, and I kind of I kind of like them, like. It's happened in a previous episodes where it's like just Al and Betty talking and it's kind of like a reflection on that on, on the scene we've seen before with them talking about like what relationships are and love is and stuff like that and kind of the life they've chosen, right? She's like, I'd rather be reading um, Godfather rewrites and stuff like that and like yeah, like and her belief in him, right? It's like she's got this kind of like She's like, I believe in you, Al. Like you're kind of what, what, what you what you're doing is and, and and I guess, I don't know, I guess this this really does show us like the toll that this film has kind of uh, played on Al's personal life, right? That like he has put this in front of everything, like and
3: it, Yeah, guess- and I almost feel like again, okay, not not
2: dumping on the Francois character at all, but it almost like I kind of wish we'd had just these, your gang, the key, the, I'm going to call them the gang because they are the key players here. You could have almost had these little conversations because you could have had that scene. You didn't really need that Francois scene. The Juno Temple and Ruddy conversation, the Betty and um, Ruddy conversation would have covered it. Yes. it's It's almost like something we don't, it's put in there because she is a character in his life. I get that. But it, it does slow it down. You've, those chats they have cover Betty's personal life and Ruddy's. Do you know what I mean? It, it, you just have those chats. And you would have got the same outcome of it. You know where the struggle is without
3: the quite downer scenes with Francois. But uh, Yeah. I totally yeah,
1: I I I I I totally get that, and like, who knows? Might not we, we may never see Francoise again. may maybe gone. It's <laughs> gone. <laughs> which would be like, I don't know, what a four episode arc, and that's their whole marriage. So like, we're what, yeah, five years just compressed into four episode, like like <laughs> four not episodes even, what, yeah, not even a full four episodes of a show, which is fucking crazy. uh so the next day, we're assuming Joe Colombo turns up at Al's office, and he's not empty-handed. Oh no, he's got a uh, a box of fucking cannoli. I got it from the best place in Brooklyn, and uh, a of and a pin for the Italian American Defense League that he uh, he plants firmly on Al Roddy's lapel to kind of be like. You're fucking, like, he's basically saying, like, you're under my thumb now, right?
3: Yeah. He's yeah, literally pinned
2: him, because he's, um, what he says, he says, well, um, when Betty asks,
3: he says, uh, Columbo's pinned me. So, yeah, he's he's got him now. That's all to your final this
2: week. But, yeah, so, yeah, they have that meeting, uh, Columbo comes in, and Again, this is one of the one, the one times where nothing is not of real. Um, we get the, the chat about Sonata again. Sonata is mentioned because... What, what I like about
1: that is obviously Al, like, you again, you get to see Al Ruddy pull those, like, kind of Bob Evans moves because obviously he knows yeah. the script and what he's done, like, what he's done before with, like, Joe Colombo is kind of, like, pandering to him, but, like, he knows the script back back to front. And he knows that a lot of the Johnny Fontaine stuff because the Johnny Fontaine stuff in the book you can tell why it has been exercised like from from the film uh so yeah, yeah. There, and there is only two scenes of Johnny Fontaine in The Godfather there's the one where he comes to see the Don and there's him in Vegas at the end when I goes see. More green like uh in vegas and like fredo's there but like all the other stuff in the godfather book with Johnny fontaine it's fucking wild like it, i can't wait till you get to that stuff and report back you'll be like i can see why that was fucking cut from the film okay <laughs>
2: right now i'm intrigued <laughs> but yeah But, yeah, so, yeah, like you say, Ruddy is pulling an Evans and letting Joe Columbo hear what he wants to hear. Which is, is, is what it is anyway. But, like you say, he's... Columbo thinks he's on a win. It's
3: like, oh, you could... This guy. This guy. So, yeah.
1: But then, obviously, like, I guess, yeah, it's twofold this scene. Setting up that Al Ruddy is kind of deeper into the kind of the crime underworld, but at the same time, like, Gives us a chance for like Francis to burst in and be like, we've lost the Staten Island house. Like, I, I yeah, so this, many...
2: this scene is quite a well, yeah, that like you said, the, Stanton, the the losing the house. This scene is quite an important scene f-
3: for what's coming in the, the climax of this episode.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, yeah, we'll get to but yeah, it, it,
1: yeah. Well, because we see that glance, right? Like yeah. Joe, Joe Colombo hears all of this as he
3: kind of exits yeah. the office and kind of walks out, and um, yeah, the, the, well, that, uh, yeah, so you, yeah, because they have that that scene where he
2: just a glance, and he realizes that he hears he is Francis saying about the house, and then I think we go to, um, yeah, I think we go straight to Ruddy and Betty.
1: Oh no, we go to a scene that we've mentioned earlier on in the episode, in in, in this chat for some reason. I I think I got confused uh, when it happened in the episode. Uh, Maybe I've noted it down a bit wrong, but this is the time when we get Al having the meeting with Charlie Blue Dawn and um, uh, Jack, like to co produce the film. Like, And yeah, when he says about being the sole producer on it, which we which we talked about earlier, but then it cuts to Francis, Al, Betty, Andrea, and Mario. The gang have about to have a meal, right? And they're kind of uh, they're kind of like dinner. Yeah, they're excited that that the film's going on, and um, Al like sets it over to Francis to do to do a speech, which uh, yeah, is I don't know. It's downer at, at, at best.
2: Yeah, it's not It's not the best speech, is it? Uh, yeah,
5: let, 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 let's hear it. But I will defer to the artist. The captain, <laughs> my captain, Francis Toast. Yes, uh, woo! Mario, you do the honors. Oh, Francis, come on, this is your show. I mean, I could say a few words, but it would take me at least a month to write
6: it. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> take it away. Take it away, boss.
5: Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm very honored and humbled to be surrounded by such talented people. I, I hope I deserve you. Um, I'm making a movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're only allotted, you know, a certain amount of time during the day to get everything done. And you want everything just perfect. Every shot. But... Sometimes it's great and it's out of focus. Uh, Sometimes the dolly wheel squeaks. Sometimes it's magic and the the actor goes up on their line. So you do it again, you check the gate, you move on. Cheers.
1: (laughs) And he, he, he makes a, yeah, he makes his excuses for a brief exit, but what fucking fantastic excuses he has Right, like his reason
3: to leave
2: is again another name drop
1: i love it i just yeah. love it yeah his excuse is uh, i I've, I've got to go to martin scorsese's house to record his parents to get the accent to get the accent yeah, yeah i love it i love it i don't i can't remember if that that actually ever happened but i like I want it to be true.
2: But, yeah, and also, like, again, with this show, it is an absolute name drop, because Woody have said, I've got to go to Martin Scorsese's house. Yeah, i got to go, yeah, said, got
1: to, go to Marty's I don't know.
2: I've got to going to Marty's house, because i got to record the... Not, I've got to go to Martin Scorsese, director of The Goodfellas House.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out so, yeah. what, like... 1972, like... Mean Streets, maybe? No,
1: I don't think Mean Streets is till 74. Mm.
2: Martin Scorsese has directed Nothing's House.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, so yeah, Ma- um, Mean Streets is 73. So uh, mm. same year as the Godfather, he directed Boxcar Bertha. And uh, 1967, he directed, look, uh, who's knocking at my door? So I guess, I don't know. I guess they wouldn't know who he's talking about if he just said Marty. Like I I maybe no, no. I don't, I, I, yeah, again, it's for the audience, right? He's kind of. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's 100% for the audience. Um, and Al stops him on the way out. And like, I guess, yeah, th- this speech is where the title of the episode comes. From. Um. And I think it's it's a great moment for Dan Fogler, right?
5: you yeah. It's kind of a weird toast. Look, Van Gogh painted sunflowers. Okay, you need a particular shade of yellow. No yellow, no sunflowers. I feel like I'm going to have to cave on the particular yellow that I want, right? And the dreams that I have without Pacino. This whole movie yeah, it's not gonna quite work and then my dreams won't happen i'll make a good enough movie but that will break my heart which will kill me wait
1: he's he's really he's really riding that pacino horse right he wants to, he wants oh. to let people know right? this movie's no go without pacino he bloody
2: loves pacino he does
1: I think right, rightfully, like, uh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, like, and I think that was a a big sticking point for Francis Ford Coppola at the time. Was like, I need, I need Pacino. Like, he saw something in him, which
3: I don't know. I, I, I guess
1: it's always fascinating with directors, and I. Know Francis Ford Coppola is one where you can definitely look at the, like, him being a a. a like a nexus point for a lot of people's careers in the fact that like do you know what I mean is there an al pacino without like the al pacino as we know him without francis ford coppola it's like you look at even in the 80s like a film like the outsiders it's like do we get like um tom cruise as we know him like that was like one of the first films like tom cruise was in it's like matt dylan like ralph macchio Rob Lowe, like, he kind of gave all these guys a boost in that film. And oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, working with... I, 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 and I guess it's an interesting one with this one, because he wasn't really, like, a kind of... Fransford Coppola wasn't a banner name. He couldn't just make a career, but it's like a, the simpatico of those two, and, like, they kind of, yeah, they, they made each mm. other's careers almost.
3: Yeah, it's... Again, this this
2: that kind of stuff is if you're if you're in the know with the whole the whole trajectory of Pacino's career and Coppola, it's great. But also that I think again, this is what I showed as well. It is an in for people like yourself or myself to an extent who know about that. But it is also big, the the Coppola speech then and
3: it is nice for, because I'm not as adverse in it as some people, and I, I'm enjoying that
2: learning how. Because I, I, I never really. Th- I think we said about it before, but I've never really thought of Pacino as a s because it's Pacino.
3: Yeah,
2: I'd never really thought of him as that struggle. You would just think he would have got the part in Godfather yeah. because it's Pacino, but obviously he wasn't Pacino. So this stuff is quite interesting for even. Like I like my films, obviously, but I'm not a cinephile in the sense that I know everything about it. So it is quite interesting because I have to I have to think myself and go, Oh yeah, well of course, Pacino wasn't who Harpo Pacino then he was, and Coppola's not Coppola. He's tr- struggling to make The Godfather. Yeah. So those those struggles with and the, those moments where Coppola is having those struggles with himself as well is interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: It's not something I really think about.
1: 100%. Yeah, I think, I think, like, I it's just a fascinating time. It's just a fascinating time. I think the 70s, like, especially, like, now, like, the legacies of those people, like, as they're kind of entering their twilight years, like your Pacino your De Niro's, and stuff like that, kind of going back to these early films and figuring out who they were before who they were, for yeah. instance. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and yeah, kind of. It's a learning curve for me as well. Like I'd never really like, de- like, I don't know. Is it, I think this show, if anything, has got me like really thinking about like someone like Al Pacino in regards to like, oh yeah, he was like a no- like not nobody, but like he wasn't, he wasn't a, he wasn't a banner name before this. Well,
2: oh no, and like yeah, so they, they the names they throw out there for like the names that I, I thought like they're they're for this message. Um, mentions and stuff and there's quite a few mentions of other people mm-hmm. it's only when you go oh, fucking hell because they were bigger than pacino at some point pacino was a, a nobody essentially do you know what I mean it, it you go oh
1: fuck yeah of course yeah they weren't pacino on, wasn't they weren't on yeah. the same level that whereas now yeah. like
2: yeah you'd absolutely go they it's they on the same level if not Pacino's Sir
1: even Posh. above them. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, go, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's like some for some people it's like, oh Pacino kind of came out and ripped up the rule book and like yeah. I mean? he wasn't I don't know, yeah, he wasn't as it's kind of said in the show, he wasn't a uh, Hollywood handsome, do you know what I mean? He kind of was real huh. world, kind of gritty and like there's a an intrigue about him and I think that's that's really fascinating about it. But um our boy Al will will He's a man of his word. He, he 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 arranges with Betty to find out where Charlie Blue Dawn is because, despite uh, <laughs> despite Evans's kind of warnings to not go over his head, he's like, I'm gonna fucking go over his head and speak to Charlie Blue Dawn. Um, and they meet at a racetrack. Well, before before they meet at the racetrack, actually, um, was called out of the bar for a um. An important meeting it's for, with joe colombo fr-
2: yeah his friends are there
1: that he
3: says so yeah they go he owes off with his friends
1: and and, and 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 what is it in relation to
3: well joe's got a joe has got a um a surprise for ruddy a
2: nice surprise and Oh, really a nice
3: surprise. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit bloody horrible. I, this is quite a dark scene in the context of this mm. show, I
2: thought. Well, I thought it really, I, I was surprised. I went, oh, right. There's no, it's not played for laughs. There's no, it's it's
3: quite, it's,
1: yeah, it's not nice. Well, the fact, yeah, because obviously they have tied up the owner of the Staten Island house, yeah, and threatening him, and like the thing I was like thinking is if this is true, this is fucked. Up. Yeah, I, the I was going to say witness to this.
2: Yeah, I was going to say to you, is this because I I didn't know I I didn't see this happening, and I wondered if is there any if has that ever been a thing has been mentioned before in all the stories of the surely it would be something that would be a thing cuz it's a pretty i mean the guy yeah, pisses himself
3: well like is it from what I, I just find it from what i remember in... is i never i i I, like, I may be
1: wrong here obviously like anyone listening if i'm wrong i never remember hearing this story like Per se, but like I remember, like the like there was like silly things they did. Like somebody, like it might have been this house. if somebody needed like basically like a new a new roof on their house, and like they paid like they paid for the roof to be like redone and stuff like that. And there may be illusions that kind of like the mob caught wind of stuff and like stuff got settled. But I don't particularly buy that like. Al Roddy was directly involved and, like, was, like, paid witness to something like this happening. Because, like, that is... Yeah,
2: I I, I felt the same. I, I just... Not that it was... it Because it is... We know that a bits a bit of it are flights of fancy, or fancy almost. But this... I don't know if it didn't... I don't think... I don't know if it sat well in the rest of the show. Because for that thing, I just sat there and thought, I don't buy this. I don't think this is true. And also it's quite a mean-spirited scene in the context of how this show plays out. Well, do you know, do you know what I mean? I I, I get with ramping up the threat, but I just thought, I don't know if the, does he really need to piss himself, the old man. Which he probably would have, but I just
1: I don't know like mm, and and it's the fact as well that like I get I I get it like kind of the storytelling wise they're trying to let us know that Al Ruddy is in too deep at this point. Do you know what I mean? He's like kind of he's gone beyond the point of no return. He's kind of fully like do you know what I mean? He's spooning Joe Colombo in bed. He's not just in bed with him. Kind of like yeah, he's... touching feet. Like they are fully like I don't know. Yeah, they they, they are they are cuddling. <laughs> they're fully they're fully sh- snuggling up together um and i don't know it's just the way he goes back to betty and tells her about it and obviously like he immediately has remorse and like it's kind of he he he, he tells yeah he tells her about like how scared he was and like how he thought like they were potentially going to kill this guy
3: yeah and it. it yeah so i i get the yeah I, we're
2: but, ramping up the, the the tension of he's got himself in a bit of a pickle with these boys and they're not to be meddled with
1: I, I i totally get your thing where like tonality like yeah, tonality yeah in, a, in the show it kind of like it's kind of a bit of a weird juxtaposition like i don't know and I think if the if some of the mob stuff wasn't as hokey as it was up until this point, yeah that, kind
2: of... I think that's i think that's possibly it. It, it although we're ramping up like crazy Joe's eyes are like so over the top, and
3: Giovanni's shoulders and all this voice is so such a thing that it it is a, it's a not a shocking scene, because that makes it sound like it's something oh,
2: really shocking. It just doesn't... I don't think it sat right in the... Because it's so dark. And the him, like the guy, the old man being so terrified, He we have to see him literally piss himself. I was just like, oh, what, what show are you being now? Yes.
3: Yeah, yeah. Are you Do you know tr- I mean? Are you
1: trying to be good for this? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah, what, what is... Because that also trying to be good for it it does have these Scorsese moments, which we, I think that's, I think in, uh, we mentioned it previously, that I think that was a little bit of Dexter Fletcher playing in the Scorsese, because he had the chance to go, I get the like Scorsese senior. Yes. And I think he was playing around in that ballpark, which is fine, because why wouldn't you? But this scene in particular, just well, tried cause... to go into that mob mob film. Well, the, yeah, because this... It just didn't
1: this episode directed by Adam Arkin, like um, hmm.
3: yeah, so like but yeah it does, I don't know
1: I don't, I I. I like I, I get it, I, I get what they're trying to do and it's ah. like, it kind of, I don't know it's like maybe it's, it's a bit of intrigue of where this series will go in regards to like, are they going to, go to lean into some of that more darker stuff as episode kind of As the episodes progress, because obviously, what, yeah, we're four episodes into a 10 episode run. Yeah, I mean, it's only,
2: yeah, I suppose it's only four, like, it could easily, because there is darker elements to the story. There's, I mean, you've got the mafia involved, and we all know, you know, Bob Evans wasn't always the nicest of chaps. So, yeah, maybe we will lean into that a bit more, which is kind of suggested. We'll get into, at the end that it is we're taking a darker or not serious tone, but it's a different tone to the end of this episode to all the others.
1: Yes. So, um, yeah, Betty tells uh, Al that Charlie Blue Dawn, that that next morning will be at a racetrack. One of the things I felt with this scene is that they just wanted an excuse to film a cool scene at a racetrack because it's like it looks pretty cool right like the fact that he's in that kind of underpass like where the jockeys are getting ready and the horses are kind of trotting it's like did it were they like we've done too many scenes in like uh bars and like uh, yeah do you know what i mean like a restaurant's like let's just do a scene in a again. Yeah, the this show,
2: this, the shows do have a tendency to do that because we early on we had the, like I said, the Scorsese scene where it, it would seem that someone said to Dexter Fletcher, "Do you want to do, do a cool party scene with some cool music?" And yes. Went, fuck, fuck, fuck! Yeah, I do. So they just give Bob Evans wandering on a party, looking at the Hollywood site.
1: Yeah.
2: And there's no relevance to the show whatsoever, really. And but we'll it looked sa- cool. We'll,
1: we'll soundtrack it to a. To, yeah. to, to to a uh, a Rolling Stone song like really lean into the fucking Scorsese ness of it all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: So yeah, you had that, and I think this, like you say, was a this is a good looking scene that is in a different environment, but it could have been in a conversation. But yeah, and
1: it yeah, and it's the thing. These these are probably moments that would have happened over phones, right? Like or like um. Or yeah, as I said, in like meeting rooms or like out for out for breakfast or lunch or dinner kind of thing. Like not like, not like I'm going to meet you on a racetrack and break a dawn.
3: <laughs> yeah, you could
1: have. It's a scene really
2: where yeah, yeah, meet a dawn at the racetrack. It could have been in the conversation between Ruddy and Betty tied up all together.
1: But it is it is a kind of pivotal scene, right? Because it's kind mm-hmm. of it's something that's again it's. This episode is kind of Al Ruddy getting, like, going deeper on every aspect of his life, right? Like, getting deeper into the mob. He's kind of getting deeper into this uh, thing of almost like, I don't know, from moment one, he's kind of breaking the the producer rules. He turned He's turned up to a premiere and bummed out the vibe. And then throughout the episode, he's kind of, despite the despite the advice he's got from, like, his kind of senior, he's kind of ignoring it and, like, really going rogue on things. And this is yeah. this scene, obviously, yeah, because he's there to convince Charlie Blue Dawn to, I don't know, like, yeah, go over Bob Evans's head and say, like, we're casting Pacino.
3: Yeah. And he's done it exactly what Evans told him not to do. Yeah. Don't, go over,
2: don't go over my head again.
1: Um, he does. Which leads to this, this phone call.
4: <clears throat> you
5: motherfucking Judas. I warned you not to go around me. Bob, look, that's not what I was trying to do. It you just ha-
4: fuck. Charlie Broodhoard sells auto parts, sugar, cigars, and a tiny part of his business is paramount.
5: He could send it off tomorrow and not give a fuck. I took a chance
2: on you and you stabbed me in the back. I don't like Pacino. He's a huge mistake
4: but I guess he's in the picture, isn't he? But you know what? Now we're gonna do things my way. You got Pacino for Michael. I
2: get Jimmy Cod for Sonny.
5: Not a problem. I already said Carmine Caridi. Well then you fucking unset him! Oh. I'm not gonna do that. Fucking Francis. Cod's not gonna hurt the movie, okay? So he's not Caridi. You begged me for Brando and Pacino, and I delivered him. Take the fucking win, man. Give Bob his dignity. Let's move on.
1: I I, I think Miles' Teller in that moment is great, right? He's like a man on the fucking edge.
2: Yeah, it's the first that like it's the first time you see him truly show his frustrations and he's fucking losing it. Like
1: properly, and you could like I don't know. You can imagine that like it's almost like that middle management like thing, where or like that kind of management role, where like you're getting you're getting it from like the do you know what I mean. You're getting it from the staff, and you're getting it from management at the same time, and you're just kind of fucking like, do you know what I mean? He's getting it from Francis. He's getting it from Charlie. Yeah. He's getting it from Bob Evans. It's like, how can the, I make the... everyone fucking happy?
2: Yeah, yeah the right will everyone just fuck off for a minute moment because that's where he's at it's like I just need five minutes where
3: nobody is fucking with me and you can see that and he is really good in that moment definitely
1: like and I, I like I kind of like uh, I like Dan Foger again where he's like, kind of like just the and like and stuff like that it's just like little small moments like that and like the kind of but, like, but again matthew good like like it's like some some of the lines yeah. he says in that where he's like well you fucking unsaid him like and he's yeah. just kind of like, the, like the bile
2: you, you fucking judas it's yeah. great <laughs>
1: yeah and what is it he says about he's like fucking Pacino. I oh, don't
2: like Pacino. <laughs> I don't like Pacino. Yeah. I which is, again, which is really like the moment again, where the truth is that Evans doesn't give a He just doesn't want Pacino. <laughs> I don't like Pacino. And that's what he's saying. I just don't like
3: Pacino. Yeah.
1: That's it. Yeah. And it's like, he's got this kind of idea of what, Hollywood star is and Bacino yeah. doesn't fit it, and I guess.
2: And it's been said a few times like that he's not Evans's type, he's not Evans's type. And then we get to the truth of the matter, he finally just says it outright, he just don't like him.
1: Yeah, because then it's like put upon Al and Andrea that they have to, like, Francis kind of like in the weeds of like having to sort it out. And like, I think he says, like I'll, I'll. I'll I'll call Bob, like yeah, Francis said. I'll call Bob Evans. And say that James Kahn will be like, yeah, a, a, a good deal. Like you go tell Pacino that he's got the role. I've I've kind of like I don't know. I've got some fires to put out over here. Whilst before we start shooting, um, and then yeah, we get we get enough, we get we get another little scene of our boy, um, Al Pacino in this. Uh, Anthony Polito. What do you what do you what do you what do you make of what do you, what do you make of this small scene?
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, because they have
2: to go and tell him, don't they? They're telling him he's got the part. He is going to be Michael. And, you know, Pacino's doing his soft voice head to the side.
1: (laughs) uh, I
3: got some bad news for
4: you. Yeah.
1: They they said I was a fucking shrimp, and then they said I was a shrimp. I've I've signed up to this movie, the gang that couldn't shoot straight. See
2: the the, the, the turn of the head. I I I fucked it for myself, really, because all I can think about is Princess Diana. You know, <laughs> you know the.
4: <laughs> I
2: softly spoken and head to the side and just straighten up, mate. Have a yeah. chat, but yeah, I, I know it's really mannered
3: and. But then we, we we discovered it's not that. The voice is pretty good. I just... I... Yeah, I, I still... I can't get on board with it.
1: What's, I don't
2: really know why.
1: What's really interesting is... And again, I don't know if the show goes into it, but the person who eventually takes... Uh, obviously, we know that Pacino does the role. So, the person who eventually takes his role in the gang who couldn't shoot straight is Robert De Niro.
3: Well, there you go. I did not know that.
1: And then it's like that thing of like, Al Pacino never did this film. Do we get De Niro in Godfather Part 2? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's
3: kind of like. Yeah. Yeah
1: interest but it puts a real spatter in the works right it's like that thing we've been building up for like two episodes now of like pacino 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 and they get him and then there's another stumbling block in the way I kind of yeah it's like chino's out yeah it's great yeah it's kind of is route one like storytelling but it's fun right yeah it's like i said it's fun well we
2: we know he's coming we know he's in it we know he's coming back we know but they quite happy to go for along for the jury to find out how they're going to get him back. Do you know I me?
3: Mean?
2: I didn't go. Not bothering watching it because we know he's bloody in it.
3: Yeah,
2: I went. Oh, <laughs> Cause I well, I I didn't know he was out. You know, I, I that was something I didn't know. They pull I, him back in. Pull him back in. <laughs> yeah, but I I didn't know he was. I didn't know that part of the story. So there you go.
1: So yeah, I mean. I think the thing that closes out this episode, again, i pulled a clip for it, is I think that um, Stephanie Koenig as Andrew Eastman, this speech that she delivers is like a real fucking stellar uh, performance and kind of like real kind of, I don't know, encapsulates something about this show.
7: You're looking at this the wrong way. The question you should be asking yourself is why are we here in show business? We're here because this is the life that we've chosen, right? You, me, Betty, Francis, and Evans. We all ran away from home so that we could join the circus and everything that we say to make it seem like we care about the life that we could have had, wife, kids, house, dog, it's bullshit. Because what's really making you miserable isn't the fact that you don't have a membership at the country club, or the head of a 12-point buck on your mantelpiece. None of that matters. What you really want in life, in fact, all you want in life, is just for a man named Al Pacino to pretend he's a man named Michael Corleone. And you're right to be miserable over this. It is that important. Because I feel the same way. And we can only be around other people who understand that. Everyone else is just a civilian.
3: So it's great, right? Yeah, lovely bit of stuff. Yeah, because it's
2: our first. Like Juno Temple's had those chats and things, but again, like like you said earlier, it's when the t- when two characters get those. Quiet moments, slow it down. Not in the sense of like again, dumping on the Francois stuff. That does bring the slow the like you have those moments where the pace is let up for a minute because it's rockets through scenes.
1: Well it feels like these scenes are um so they're almost usurping like our favorite scenes of the the Mario and Francis stuff, right? That we kind of enjoyed in the first three episodes.
2: Yeah, mind you, that that is something I missed out of this episode. More Puzo, I missed, I missed, I missed, I missed my boy.
1: Yeah, the Francis and Puzo yeah. show, like that's what we're yeah. missing. Yeah,
2: yeah, but yeah, the this, it's a nice scene again, and it it does give um another aspect to those two characters, a new little uh, shows their relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you get the 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 two, and like I think it was you said before that. Different this time, but the, what I like about the, the Juno Temple and Tele Scenes is
3: it is a platonic thing. There's no, they are just chatting, mates, and it's yeah. nice,
2: yeah. And I don't think it's any, there's no, there's, I think if it'd been a different show, we would have had to have that hint and they oh, will, they won't, they, but this there, there isn't. This scene's slightly different, but.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it, it, it ends with them ending up sleeping with each other and then you too. Uh how, how, how does the episode end though Will cuz like uh I, <laughs> it, it it slightly reminded me of like uh, the final act of Shame almost like where it could be going. <laughs> right.
2: I uh, yeah, I I was interested to see how you and I thought exactly the same. So, yeah. So we have um Ruddy's done uh, some sexy time with, um, and they've, he wakes, he's up. Well, I don't know if he wakes up, he's whatever. She's asleep, he's does his thing, and he goes for a walk. And he has a walk. And
3: he goes for a walk to the soundtrack of White Shade of Pale, Progoharam. Yeah. <laughs> which is a bit,
2: you know, <laughs> that sounds big. That song's been used a lot. Yeah. But when I, yeah, I I, I wasn't as keen on the end of this episode as I was the other episodes, mainly because of that soundtrack choice. And the walk was a bit heavy handed because the walk was quite long and he's looking at, he's looking at like strip shows and things, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Windows. And then he sees himself in the reflection. Outside a strip show,
1: well, I, I think he's just dark. really hammering home that thing that he's like kind of hit rock bottom, right?
2: Yeah, and I mean, like we've said for four episodes now, this is not a subtle show in the slightest. Oh no, and I'm sure that I'm sure that's why some people take it against it, which is in my I'm fine with it, but when in certain there's certain clunky things with its lack of subtlety that I can understand why people oh for fucks. And this was for me, this, the end of this episode, the soundtrack choice, the, the, the ways walk in the strut down the street. And it was a bit on the nose, should we say?
1: So, with this episode, like, I don't, how how do you think it's fared? Like, is this, like in the four episodes we've watched so far, like are you still intrigued like uh, to push forward? Like uh, are we, are we, are we, are we leaving the gun or are we taking the cannoli on this one? I'm still, I'm still
2: absolutely in. and like the stuff I enjoy. I really enjoy. Like I really like, and I want to see more of it's just, I'm hoping the stuff I don't like doesn't kind of take over. Yes. Like, I'm not... Bo- if we do go dark with the mob stuff, great. But then it has to be done well. Yes. Because it's quite a tonal shift from what we've seen so far.
1: Yes. And I think, obviously, we're rattling on to getting closer and closer to the film being filmed, right? Mm. Like, that's got to be next episode, or if not, the episode yeah. after.
2: Like- I hope they don't forgo the fun stuff that I've enjoyed, like the... I want the fun stuff when they're making The Godfather and it mm-hmm. being enjoyable and fun again. I hope we have that and less of Francois and the personal stuff and the... I hope we don't try and take a turn into high drama.
3: Yes. Give, me give,
1: me, give me the fun. Give me the fun, yeah.
3: Give me the fun. Well...
2: I, I, got, I got sangria. I want to have the fun.
1: Oh. <laughs> We're we're here for the fun. We're here for the, the yeah. fun times and the good wines. That's what we do here as we talk the offer on um Hopla yeah. Connections. Exactly. So um yeah, if you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to join us next week where we'll be talking about episode five, which is titled Kiss a Ring. Which uh any any guesses what that could be about, um Will?
3: I'd rather not.
1: <laughs> let's leave it at that so if you enjoyed this episode or any other episode of the podcast please be sure to rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now if you happen to know somebody who has only watched this series and never watched the godfather if they're if you're watching along with us or any of that good stuff, please don't hesitate to get in touch, which is on all social. So that is Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, and TikTok at CagedInPod. Or you can drop me an email, which is CagedInPod at gmail.com. Where can people find your good self, Will?
2: Just Twitter. I, Will, at Will Chich. I do use Instagram at Bill Chich, but as I've said a million times, <laughs> terrible. So Twitter
1: at Wilchich. Perfect. And as ever, we'll be tagged in all the posts promoting this episode. So yeah, join in the conversation on The Offer. Um, felt weird to say The Conversation because that's uh, another Francis Ford Coppola film, which I don't think will get a limited series because it's not as popular as this film. Uh, <laughs> so, as ever, I've been Petrus Patsilovus. I've been Wilchich. We've been Talking The Offer. Again, join us next week. Until then, Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye.
7: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
5: This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Charles Cinecast, Caged-In Coppola Connections, a AdroopTown Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you.